everybody would rise for the reading of God's Word. Amen? Let's rise for the reading of God's Word and take your Bible. Turn to Psalms chapter 98. And here it goes. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Friends, our closing is Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Amen? Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Stretched it out for us, but it's going to be happening. Tuesday at 2 o'clock, the closing on our building. So we praise God for that. Let's keep reading. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise to the Lord before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar in all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you came to save the world from their sin. Lord, give us a fresh knowledge of the fact that you are with us today in this world. We know that we are not of this world. We're of another kingdom. We're strangers and aliens in this place. We're passing through. You said occupy until you come back. And our occupation is that we would preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to the lost and the broken and the hurting that the gospel will be preached, people will be saved, and the healing of mind, soul, body, and spirit will be evident through your power of the Holy Spirit. We pray and thank you for the word of God today. In Jesus' lovely name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you. I don't know what's going on in, in your world, but just about in everybody's world, there is uh, anxiety and stress. Uh, we're, we're in, the, we're in the, the last days, no doubt, and we're seeing the fruition of the word of God and the prophecy of God, the foretelling of God that things are going to get really, really bad before it gets really, really good. Um, my wife tells me that birth pangs, the closer they get to, together, means the baby is coming out. And we're seeing this in our day and age today that throughout time there's been rumors of wars, there's been kingdoms against kingdoms, there's been earthquakes, there's been famines, there's been drought. But the multiplicity of all these things that are happening rapidly and happening more, devastating things that are happening in our world, it tells us in Romans, that the very world, the very earth, is groaning for redemption, for restoration, for the salvation of God, for the 
the one who is our judge will bring justice to victory in this world and bring peace on earth. Amen. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. But in our world, we can get really banged up with everything that's going on as we read the newspapers, we check out the news, we, we talk to people that are hurting, that are broken, that are fearful, that are filled with anxiety. There's more kids on drugs than ever before. There's more suicides than ever been before. There's more alcoholism than there's ever been. There's more kids just wondering who they are and their identity before God, questioning the very divine order of God's creation and destiny for every man, woman, and child. We live in this world. Amen? What did Jesus say? You are in the world, but you are not of it. Amen? We live by kingdom principles that are paradoxical, opposite to the kingdoms of this world. Revelation tells us that the kingdoms of this world will be the kingdoms of our Christ. Amen? When we see uh, worldly leaders rising up and China beginning to act a little bit of crazy and Russia's involved in this war and there's Iran saying that they're going to bomb us, it creates a little bit of tension in our hearts. But we're not of this world. Jesus said that I'm from another world and another kingdom. And I have overcome the world. Amen? The Bible tells us that so as he was in the world, so are we. Isn't that an awesome scripture today? So as Christ was in the world, so are we. The very salvation and resources that God has won on the cross of Jesus Christ, given to us now by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are as Jesus in this world. Does that, does that, uh, does that get through to your heart and to your life? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are Jesus in this world. We're not deity. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying today. Amen. So when you go to work, you might be the only Jesus that this world sees, the world of work where you work. When you go to school, you might be the only Jesus that, that people see. Creation, as we look around, speaks of the wonders of the creative powers of God. Amen. As we see the universe keenly, wonderfully, fearfully made, uh, Colossians tells us that everything that goes on in the cosmos is sustained by God, the very thought of God, the very word of God. But for you who are Christians today, you are the only representation of the redeeming grace and love and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth. It's you. Amen. We get caught so, so caught up in this world that we tend to forget that we're not of this world. Our kingdom principles lead us and guide us. What are some kingdom principles? If you want to live, you got to die. Paradoxical to our worldly emphasis. Amen? If you have lack, then you must give 
and it shall be given unto you. Amen? If you want to have friends and you want to have love, then what do you do? You love and you serve and you give. This is kingdom principles in this world. And what people are going to notice as this world gets crazier and crazier and crazier, they're going to notice the steadfast covenant love of the grace of God in your heart, in your life, and they're going to be curious and they're going to start asking questions, amen, about the great love of God. Are you prepared to be a force in this world for the grace of God, the goodness of God, the greatness of God, and of his great salvation? Are you ready? Are you ready? Amen. All right. Let's turn over in our Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to read from the seventh verse. How's everybody doing? Really comfortable, isn't it? The heat is really nice because it kind of mellows you out. And it is really good for your joints and your bones and everything. Really lousy for listening to a sermon, though. You know what I'm saying? It just makes you real comfortable. So why don't you elbow the person next to you? Watch out for those bees. But, hey, let's read 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to read from verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into this world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his love to be the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Amen. No one has ever seen God. If we love another, love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. Perfect love casts out all fear. Amen? Did you come today with a little bit of concern in your heart and in your life about the situations in life? What's going on around the world? What's going on in our country? When we look at our leaders, we see uh, incompetency and we don't really see the righteousness and the holiness and the wisdom of God operating. And we begin to be a little bit stressful. Amen. It's this time that we need to understand the great love of God, that God has us. He holds us and his covenant love will sustain us. Amen. If we turn over to 1 John chapter 2, we'll read a passage of scripture there. Have you ever done like a taste test? 
Okay, how many, how many like Coke rather than Pepsi? All right, and how many like Pepsi rather than Coke? There's like 48% of you not raising your hand. I mean, don't you drink Pepsi and Coke, people? Let's do this again. Let's do this again. How many like Coke? Raise your hand. All right, how many like Pepsi? Okay, I believe Pepsi wins. Okay, how many like... Um, how many like apples rather than oranges? Do you like apples rather than oranges? Okay. How many like oranges rather than apples? All right. How many like the pavilion better than the glab post? Raise your hand. All right. And how many like the glab post rather than the pavilion? Too bad for you guys. Amen? Uh, it's funny how we have preferences in life. Isn't it true? What's that? You can do that, brother. Yeah. There's a lot of people that have preferences, though, right? And oftentimes, we're amazed that the people that we meet uh, prefer something else than we're used to like uh, sushi, okay? If you like sushi, raise your hand. May God bless you and keep you. May his cause his face to shine upon you as you eat sushi. That is not my preference, amen? That's not my choice. We're going to read a, passion, a portion of scripture here that speaks about preference. And we're going to read from 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. And here it goes. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whosoever does the will of God abides forever. When this word love is used in the first two senses here, it's the word prefer. Do not prefer the world or the things in the world. If anyone prefers the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Do not love the world which is a kind of a crazy thing because we are here in this world. John is speaking not about enjoying what God has created and enjoying the things of this earth and enjoying the world and enjoying a hike and enjoying the water and enjoying everything that God has for us here on this earth. What John is speaking about is this philosophy of thought, arguments and speculations that operate out of the wisdom of man and not of the wisdom of God. Amen? The world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the arrogance of man and the pride of life. And as we look in our society and, our, and in our culture, this is what we see more and more and more as institutions, as academics, as uh, civil authorities, as, as governments turn away 
from the wisdom and the righteousness and the holiness of God, we see insanity and we see that we are left to our intentions and the devices of a sinful heart that does not know God. The Bible says here that if you prefer the, the world over the love of God, then you do not have the love of the Father in your heart. Kind of drastic, isn't it? The Bible says that the Lord will not share his glory with another. Jesus said it himself that you can't serve money or materialism or anything else and have the love of God at the same time. We've talked about this before. The great philosopher Bob Dylan, you've got to serve somebody and you've got to serve something. And that something is the greatest priority of preference in your heart and in your life. I want to encourage all the men on Wednesday night at 630 to prefer the word of God and the love of God and come out to 47 Highland to read the word of God together and say, you know what? I'm comfortable staying home. I'm good with staying home. But as men, we need to prefer the word of God and the love of God over our comfort, over our ease. Do you understand what I'm, what I'm saying? I want to admonish you and exhort you as men. Let's stand together with the word of God. Get together with the word of God. We had a great conversation about the word of God. Second Timothy chapter two, we read last last week. This week is going to be second Timothy chapter three and an awesome, awesome discussion on the word of God and on healing. That was fantastic. Really, really good. I want to encourage you. In uh, coming out on Wednesday nights, 630, 47 Highland. Amen. So, the love of the world. Keeps you from the love of the Father. And what that does, as we have read in Scripture, is that it does not give us confidence when we have the love of the, of the, of the world in our hearts to meet God in judgment. Amen? When we have the love of God in our hearts and in our lives... We say no to the, to the world. Paul said in his writings that I am crucified to the world, and the world is crucified to me. Isn't that something? The world is as, as if it is dead in its, in its effect and its uh, inspiration and its uh, uh, knowledge and in its um, activity in my heart and life. It is dead because of the great love of God. I will not forfeit the love of God for the love of the world. And this is a great, great sermon of warning and admonition as we see the things approaching in, in the last days. The Bible says that in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. The Bible says in the last days that there'll be a form of godliness, but there'll be a denial of the power thereof. The Bible says in the last days that people will always be learning and being instructed and being informed, but never coming to a knowledge of the truth where the truth changes us from the inside. 
These are admonitions of the Lord to keep us in the love of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God, and the greatness of God today. Love not the world, nor the things in the world. Charles Spurgeon said once that if you want to take up your cross, follow Christ, and deny yourself, you've got to do something that your flesh does not want to do. Isn't that interesting? So I think I told this story one time, and it was meaningful to me, is that I have uh, four, other, four other siblings, and uh, I was... I was asked to take out the garbage, and I, I said to my mom, there's four other siblings here. You know what I'm saying? Why not them? And then I, the Holy Spirit sent this back to me that if you want to engage in the love of God and walk with Christ, you've got to deny the flesh and do something that your flesh does not want to do. And I, I went to those garbage cans, and I was like, God, I don't want to do this. But you know what? My flesh will not win out. And my spirit will always be keen to your working and your heart and your love in my life today. So I ripped those garbage cans out, praising the Lord and thanking him. There's things in our hearts, guys, that we need to just give up. The residue of our flesh the residue of our sinful nature has to be given over to the Lord today because he wants to love on us with such a great love that it will explode our hearts to the kingdom of God and we'll begin to walk in his principles and walk in his love. Do not let the love of the world stop you from experiencing the love of God. Amen.